You are now entering Nick and Mellow's hyperspace. I'm Nick, and my favorite droid in Star Wars is Mr. BB-8. And I'm Carmelo, and my favorite droid in Star Wars is K2SO, though BB-8 is my second favorite droid. In our journeys through hyperspace, we examine everything and anything Star Wars from the point of view of two lifelong fans, one young, one old, who came together through the will of the Force. In this episode, we're going to be talking about droids. We've been wanting to talk about droids for quite a while, and we thought, let's do an entire episode. And we're going to try to keep it under four or five hours, um, <laughs> because we have so much we want to say. Kidding aside, we'll, we'll keep it our regular time, but there's just a lot that we want to say. So it's, it's just it's a really exciting episode for us. Droids are... I feel like always universally loved. I don't really think anybody hates droids. Um, if they do, I don't know if they're a Star Wars fan because droids are just the most lovable thing in the world. They are always endearing and just a very loyal companion. It, and you know, it's true because uh, when, when, when Star Wars fans get sort of cranky about things, it's not usually the droids. No, usually not. It's usually something else. Um, and so it's really interesting how they're an element that um, that has become attractive to a lot of people for for many different reasons, of course. But but it's mm-hmm. it's the popularity is it's really quite wonderful. One of the nice one of the things that I wanted to sort of stress throughout the show is that I think of droids as a form of life. Uh, yes, they are mechanical. Yes, they are constructed. Yes, they are manufactured. But I think of them as life. They're artificial life but they are, they're not biological, but they are life to me. And Star Wars is very adamant about this. They really are constantly adding to the narrative this idea of the way that other species relate to droids is part of a social relation, not simply a sort of machine life connection, but a social relation. Sometimes between droids, sometimes between droids and other species. And so it's one of the things that I find really attractive about Star Wars, that they're just one more life, one more kind of life. Some franchises may treat uh, artificial life like a tool or an appliance of some kind. But for me, even early on, I remember watching Star Wars for the first time. I always thought droids were they're, they're actual characters. Like they have a personality. They have feelings. We see C-3PO get scared. We see R2-D2 right. be brave. You know, and maybe because they spend so much time with other species, their their owner or their who they're with all the time kind of gets imprinted on them a little bit. You know, yes. you can see that a little bit. Yes, I think it's a very important distinction there from other from other franchises. But I, I really enjoy how Star Wars treats droids. They're they're very important to the story. As we as we have more and more Star Wars, <laughs> it is interesting how we have. You know, some droids that are literally just service droids that are that don't really have a personality to characters like K2SO, characters like L3, um, even characters like BB-8, where, where there's a personality attached to them. We treat most droids in Star Wars as characters, um, but, there are, but there are droids that are not as important in the story, but they exist that are just that are just mechanical beings like the mouse droids in 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 the empire um yeah. they the do little... have feelings they can go get get scared and run away you know like when chewy roars at it right um but but it's not they're not sort of full-fledged personalities but but it's really interesting that we have the whole gradation i think they get really fascinated during the clone wars 
Yeah. When you have a battle of manufactured humans, the clones, and manufactured droids fighting the battle, because that way you start when you start sort of seeing how people feel about droids, um, Ahsoka sort of like, you know, there's a moment in Clone Wars where she says like, they were made for war, they were made to kill, They're, it's what they do. And so it's really interesting how you still, even with a loving, wonderful, three-dimensional character like Ahsoka, still has certain, a certain baggage mm-hmm. about thinking of them as machines, thinking of them as where they're just programmed. They're programmed to kill. They're programmed to be this way. Well, then there are other characters where you have where you have to think about them as almost human, almost almost like people. They are people yeah. in some way. Yeah, another character is Din Djarin. We get to see his whole his flashback and his his upbringing. Yeah. He's always he has a strong presence against droids, and it's not until IG Eleven he kind of turns at the corner and realizes that not all droids are bad. Right. It's, a, it's a great character moment for me. And I've always said in Star Wars, I can tell if a, if a person is good is how they treat droids. If a person is very like menaced, like menacing and, uh, you know, evil towards droids or thinks of them as less than, I, I can tell that's probably not a good person. Uh, and then, you know, you got characters like Hera who loves Chopper or right. Leia who really loves R2 and 3PO. Right. Um, Ray with BB-8. Those, you can tell those are great characters because they, they respect the droids. They they see them as equals. They don't see them as a tool. It, it's really interesting because I'm listening to you and I'm being reminded of that scene in the first episode of Kenobi where little Leia says thank you to a droid and the cousin mm. says, why are you saying thank you to a droid? Yes. And it's this really revealing moment of sort of like, you know, Leia thinks of those droids as people and the cousin, the, the cousin just thinks of the droids as machines, as slaves. Um, and so it's really interesting what you're saying because it, it sort of tells us about the people by the way they think of droids. I love that scene in Kenobi. I love yeah. that scene in Kenobi. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very small and subtle, but it, it really reveals a lot about, about her, who Leia about is and who, who she's going to become. And then yeah, exa- yeah. Yeah, exactly the, the different ways they were raised. Leia's come from a more you know, accepting family. The cousin's more of a privileged family, or they use that privilege, I guess, for their benefit, you know? Right. I have loved, you know, the whole plethora of new droids that we've been having in Star Wars mm-hmm. um, from BB-8 on. It's just been, for Carmelo at least, it's been a field day. Oh, they've been uh, so fun. Uh, they've just been absolutely marvelous. I mean, this is why I said K2SO is my favorite droid. It's like when I, when I first saw Rogue One, I had my reservations about certain things about the movie. I had no sort of reservations about K2SO. He was... I loved him from the moment he showed up. Droids are often a lot in Star Wars. They're played for comedic relief, you know, and kind of uh, silly True. at times. But True. they're, and we talked about it in our episode where we talked about crying in Star Wars. Um, there are times where they're very emotional. Like they, they really bring the scene, um, kind of that, that punch, that gut punch that you feel. Like we, I think you in that episode mentioned with Hera and Chopper after Kanan's passing. That was a big one. Um, or R2 next to Leia in Rise of Skywalker when she passes, like some really big gut punches. And yeah, 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 yeah. we get to kind of impress, you know, put our feelings on the droids because they don't have a face like you or I, but we can, we understand what they're going through through subtle movements. L3, the death of L3 and the death of K2SO to me are devastating. 
very devastating. They are just devastating. I have a friend from New York who says, you know, the death of a droid is like, that's when her heart breaks when she's watching Star Wars. I'll never. Um, that's, I'll never. That's, those are the moments, those are the moments that make her cry. <laughs> I'll never forget uh, watching the Andor finale and when they play the big speech that Marva recorded and B2 wow. is playing it. And I remember watching it and I knew something was going to happen. You could just tell the tension in the scenes building. Right. And right. as soon as the, the Imperial kicked over B2, that's my intent. Oh, I just wanted to fight too. <laughs> I wanted to be in the crowd and, and defend him. <laughs> I was so mad. Like that poor, that poor little droid. He was so sweet. And I just hated that. That, that really got me fired up and wanted to fight too. B2 in Andor. Number one, I was fascinated by his stuttering. I love the notion of a droid with a speech impediment that for us feels very human. And so in a way, sort of humanizing a droid by, by making the droid stutter. I thought that was a really beautiful way of humanizing the droid. But at the same time, I could never tell, like, is he behaving like a child or is he behaving like an older person? Because he felt like both. Sometimes he felt like a kid and sometimes he felt like a stubborn old man. (laughs) And I love that combination that, you know, when you have a human or even when you have a species, you have an age, you have age. Mm -hmm. But in this story, you don't. And, and, And so it was really interesting how I, I, I kept wavering be, between sort of like, is this an old man or is this a kid um, with his stubbornness and he's wanting to help? Like, how can I help? He's always saying, like, how can I help? Like, what, 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 what am I supposed to do? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that. I love that in B2. I, he's, there's a little space of my heart yeah, but- with him. It's that this little chunk right here is all for you. For him, this one's for K two. This one's for L three. BB eight so, is back here. I, I, when you're, I have a big heart for droids. When, when I was hearing you talk about that that stutter, it kind of made me think, and I'm I'm sure this was intentional when they were making uh, Andor and kind of filling out the cast of characters. But B two kind of to me gives a informs a lot about Cassian and Marva and how they how they live. And how they grew up because most people their droids are functioning well they're things for them but for b2 he's not really especially later on as marva gets older he's kind of just he's part of the family and he's not really useful and what a typical droid would be doing he's not doing tasks for them he's kind of just yeah. there he has yeah. to be charged up a lot and the stutter just kind of shows one that they're they're not very privileged they don't have the means right. of maybe fixing him they, where they come from, it's very... Oh, like, that's a beautiful way of thinking about that. Yeah, That's how that's how I interpreted it when I first yeah, saw yeah, it. I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. That's, that informs a lot about the humans that he lives with, as well as him. Well, and when Marva's gone, he goes into grief. Oh, yeah, yes, immediately. Major, major grief. Yeah. Which is, once again, this sort of beautiful moment of... <laughs> I'm sure that I'm going to be paradoxical, showing the humanity of droids. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just... This is one of the things that I love about Star Wars, that it sort of breaks our expectations of what this machine is by constantly adding a sort of a, a level of humanity and emotional impact to, to who they are. Well, it makes me think, too, of Dio in The Rise of Skywalker, 
and oh yeah if uh i know you i think you've read it i think we talked about it uh shadow of the sith yeah that novel we get to see where he came from and he was with ochi of bestoon and he was mistreated and it kind of informs when we see him in the rise of skywalker why he's very hesitant to be around people Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. ray's kind of really one of the first people that's ever like caring towards him and and we kind of see that the trauma is literally Mm -hmm. imprinted on him and Mm -hmm. i think that's just a really subtle way of just showing a, a beautiful moment between Ray and the and the droid. Once again, the sort of notion of abuse, which we connect with biological life, is sort of added to to the droids themselves. That's that's really cut nice. That kind of with Dio, especially, it kind of made me think about like uh, small animals or animals. We have like pets, mm-hmm. dogs, mm-hmm. and cats. When they're abused, they you can tell their demeanor is different around people or certain types of people. Yeah. Um, and it's not like a, um, it's a defense mechanism, I guess you could say. Yes. Uh, it's yes. really beautiful. In my, um, in my book, I talk about droids, the sort of wavering back and forth between being pets and being friends and being pets and being friends. Um, I think BB-8 and Poe have that sort of relationship. Uh, but I, I, think, I think Dio, in the way that he's presented in Rise of Skywalker, has that sort of notion of an abused pet, of a, a, a pet has been physically abused and emotionally abused. What we have in Rise of Skywalker are the effects of that, of that trauma. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. it's so beautiful. I love, I love, I love seeing that. It's really, I, I really loved from Mandalorian season three, uh, chapter 22, Guns for Hire, where uh, Mando and Bo are um, in... Plazier 15? Something like that. It's Plazier. Um, and they they sort of discover, you know, there, there's that wonderful scene in the bar, the resistor. <laughs> Great name um, for a droid boy. I know, I know, I know, I know. Where where the droids are sort of saying, we're scared about this too. We don't want to be replaced. We 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 want to stay here, we want to help. Um, and so it's, it's once again, this sort of notion that these are not just machines. Um, I love that plot. That is was one of my f- favorite episodes of, of the season of the Mandalorian, uh, because it's sort of continuing that story of droids in the galaxy and, and the cool. sort of humanity of the droid. It's, it's really cool that kind of, it's the reverse of, you know, most dystopian sci-fis where humanity is worried about being replaced by machine and now we got the opposite droids are in, uh, worried about being replaced by either other droids or or being or by humans by humans yeah yeah and you know i get the and that bar scene is really cool because you get to see a lot of those droids are like you can just see it even though they have a blank expression you can kind of feel the tension like yep. that anxiety and they all kind of they're like we have a purpose and we've enjoyed this we don't want it snatched away from us you know mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. some one person's actions and i really enjoyed that i i hope we see more things like that in the mandalorian going forward um, and it, it also just informs den like droids are more complex than what he originally saw them as yes. just killing killing machines or um it just kind of really cool tying that together and it's interesting because all the conversations that we're having are are sort of set in the galaxy after after the clone wars uh, because during the Clone Wars, as I said at the beginning of the episode, there's this sort of like hatred towards droids because they are, at least from the point of view of the Jedi and the point of view of the Republic, they are the enemy. Um, and so 
you, you talked about trauma with DO, there is a sort of galaxy-wide trauma about the separatists creating an army of droids to destroy the Republic. And so the galaxy sort of develops, I don't know, a suspicion against droids because of that, because of that. And so you have um, sort of like the civil war in the United States creates sort of a trauma. The Clone Wars creates a trauma in this case about what droids are and how droids should relate to, to living species. But then all everything that happens afterwards, it's sort of it's all about sort of mending that trauma. 3PO and R2 and BB8, Chopper in Rebels are all not those droids that we saw in Clone Wars. Um, yes. So it's really, really interesting. I, I just remember AP5. Oh, yes. Rebels. He's so five is another one. There's, so there's an episode there where it's just sort of like total discrimination of the Empire against droids. So it's, it's really interesting to see that connection there, too. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that, like the whole galaxy kind of has a, um, this, this generational trauma of what droids did. And, you know, we know the Republic becomes the Empire. And we kind of see that through, you know, leading up to the original trilogy and even in A New Hope when the bartender's like, Get those droids out of here. They're not no droids. Here. That's right. No That's droids. Right. And then in L three and um, uh, Solo, she's kind of every time she brings up droids' rights or something like that, she's kind of she's kind of dismissed and kind of like, "What are you talking about? You're just a droid," you know. And uh, she's really one of the spunky, energetic droids that I've really enjoyed. And I, love I her. yeah 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 yeah. I love that moment where Lando is asking her, "Do you need anything?" And she says, "Equal rights." <laughs> ah, I just I just lost it in the theater. That, that's that's a good one. So, <laughs> another thing I we we've seen this video. You and I have talked about it, and it's a really good one. I suggest our audience check it out if they can. The Pop Culture Detective. It's a YouTube channel. They do a whole episode on the tragedy of droids, and um, I saw marvelous, a lot of people, marvelous episode. It's it's really good. I saw a whole lot of discussion when. IG-11 was being brought back this season in Mandalorian. And there was a lot of people that were saying, you know, it was cute and fun having Grogu and IG-11, his suit. But it's like, if you think about it, that's like his corpse. And Grogu is just walking around in a corpse of, of a dead droid. And, um, and then L3, her existence now is kind of, you know, she wanted to be free and liberated. And now she's kind of stuck in a ship for the rest of her existence. Oh, that's fascinating. And they, they don't really bring it up. Obviously, it was retrospectively made um, after the original trilogy. But, you know, it's kind of just one of those things where, like, not really happy endings for those characters. Um, mm -hmm. Well, of course, later for IG-11. But, you know, at the time, it's kind of like, that is that is weird that they would uh, just let Grogu sit in a corpse and walk around. And you wouldn't do that with a, another species, you know. That's fascinating. I had not thought about it that way. And I saw it. I saw it basically as a cute scene, but not as not as necrophilia. Oh. Right, right. <laughs> or, or, oh my god! <laughs> disrespecting the dead. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. That's 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 fascinating. That's it's really fascinating. you know, in the show, it's played off for laughs, and it's like, oh, this is fun, you know. Right. No, something for no, Grogu no. to do. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Right. right. This is something cute for Grogu to do. That's exactly right. That's really fascinating. This is why I love about these sort of online conversations that there we we 
we sort of are thinking, thinking through the consequences of what the story does mm -hmm. in regards to, um, to the story. The, um, I just wanted to stress the, the pop culture detective episode. It is, it is probably the best video essay that I have seen on Star Wars droids. I think so. Too. By far. By far. I think so too. By far. Um, it is the first month, the first time I gave money. <laughs> really? That show was so good that I went ahead and I just sent him some money because um, I know how difficult, I mean, the research, that's a lot of work. Yeah. That is a lot of work. Uh, and as a professor of humanities and cultural studies, I know what research is. Um, and I, I think they deserve um, major praise for that episode. Major praise. And I'll leave the the link in the description of this episode so you guys want to watch it. Yeah, highly, yeah. highly suggest you do. It's very yeah. good. They touch yeah. on a much darker topic than we are touching on, but still very, very worth a listen if you love the droids of Star Wars. One thing I wanted to ask you, Carmelo. Uh, Go ahead. Is there a reason K2SO is your favorite droid? I would say multiple reasons. Number one, I love the idea of an Imperial droid that has been reprogrammed and that reprogramming makes him brutally honest. Number two, I, I love the arc of his story that he starts as being very suspicious of Jyn Erso and very jealous of Jyn Erso. And he ends up admiring her by the end of the film which once again proves my notion of droids as artificial life, as being artificial, but as being life. And so mm -hmm. he's growing. He's growing. And I, I just love his sarcasm. It's very good. It, it just, it's just, and I'm not a sarcastic person. <laughs> um, and I usually find sarcastic people a little sad, sort of like, oh, you're being jaded because whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but for him, I, 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 I always say, I always tell my students, if I had to marry a droid, I would marry K2SO. You know, I would love to see if they can make this work somehow in a book or a comic or maybe an animated series. I want to see K2SO and AP5 get into an argument. I don't know. I just think that'd be the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Those two would be at each other's throats. I could see it. I could, I could hear the comments now. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Those two. Oh my God, that would be very funny. Oh. That would be very funny. Love uh, to see them interact. I had a question for you. Sure. Uh, because we have been talking recently about Mandalorian season three. I, I love to know a little bit about your, your take on R5. Yes. Season three of Mandalorian. Because I like him, but you seem to be really taken with him. And I'd love to know a little bit about that. You know what? He has. He obviously he's been there since the beginning, and we just right. didn't know didn't know much about him. I've enjoyed the kind of the journey he's went on this entire time, and kind of I think it's really cool fan series that Favreau and Filoni put him in Mando and kind of let him be an actual you know contributing character that we get to see. Um, I think a couple of reasons. One, I from a certain point of view, the wonderful short story anthology series. Um, he has a story in there that I really enjoy. Okay. Uh, there's a story he's on the um, little Jawa sand crawler and he's, he's R2's in there and him and R2 have a conversation about, you know, what, what, what led them to be there. And R2 reveals, I have the plans of the Death Star. I could save the galaxy. And he is, was also in the rebellion. He kind of has a change of heart, like, you know, whatever happens, I need to make sure he gets to this person. 
So then when the time comes, he purposely blows himself up so that R2 can go uh, with Luke. And obviously, like, if that doesn't happen, the Death Star We don't have anything, right? Right. (laughs) The the original trilogy might end right there. Uh, It's just like those subtle little moments of, like, Uh things had to perfectly fall into place for the story to to happen. And, you know, in 77 and years, years on, it was just kind of a coincidence. And nobody really chalked it up to anything important. But they gave a little droid who had, you know... Uh, a minute or two of screen time a, a whole story he has his own story leading to that moment um, and then just to see him come back uh-huh. is a fun fun easter egg i think behind the scenes in mandalorian uh season two that did like the gallery series i think the uh, feloni had said um you know r5 he's still on tatooine i don't think he went anywhere so that's why i brought him back so i, I just thought that was fun he remembered that because it, he was hilarious in the finale. I loved him about his little battle with the mouse droids and yes. kind of evading yes. them. That was yes, that yes, was yes. a very cute scene. So <laughs> he, he, after Mando season three, I was like, oh, I really like this little guy. Okay, I, okay. We haven't talked about Chopper. Oh man, we haven't. And I think it would be good to end with Chopper. I just did not like him. I did not like him at all at the beginning of Rebels. He ruined me. And now that I've yeah. seen Rebels. Oh my God, eight times, nine times, I'm looking down. Um, I, I, I love him, but it was really interesting at the beginning that I, I <laughs> like, what is this? Who is this guy? I don't right. really like him. I hope he gets disintegrated pretty soon. <laughs> and so it's really interesting to have a, such a badass, but such a sort of pushy. <laughs> yes. Such a pushy droid. Um, not like K2SO a little later when with his sort of honesty, his cruel honesty. But it's really interesting, once again, like K2SO, you get this really wonderful arc mm. of the chopper that we see season one versus the chopper that we see at the end of season four, where he is mourning Kanan with Hera. And it's just, it's just, re- and sort of helping Ezra do the final things in that last Mm -hmm. um set of episodes um and so he sort of he becomes a heroic figure and he becomes a humane figure in a way that is very different from the one that we see at the beginning of the show and and that i found really really interesting i i have to agree with you it's very subtle but i've enjoyed his journey because i i remember bad batch came out and he him and Hera had their little uh, couple episode arc and I was so excited to see Chopper. And he was, and I, I, I like the art style they chose for him in uh, Bad Batch because you could tell he's he's younger, so he looks a little cleaner. <laughs> and then as as we find out, he gets, <laughs> he's he's outdated, as AP Five tells him. He's right. always he's outdated. And right, I enjoy his relationship with Hera a lot. That's one of my favorite, you know, yes, relationships. A droid and uh, sentient being kind of relationship. Um, it's just very subtle, and you can tell that. Hera really loves him because she grew up with him, basically, uh, and he's he's very. And she rebuilt him, right? Like she like she she think, sort of I put him together. Dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think her dad yeah, says yeah. that he said, "You're still running around with that old CP unit that you found in the Clone Wars," and yeah, and she's very protective of him too, which is very cool. right, right. Uh, not many other characters are like that with droids uh, to that level, <laughs> but I, I I just really enjoy him being one. He starts off as a comedic relief, but he really. By the end of the series, you're right. He is part of the team. He is mm-hmm. a core member of the team. Even mm-hmm. him and Zeb have a lot of funny back and forths in the first right. couple of seasons. 
Right. And at the end, there's episodes where Zeb is complimenting him, like, you're great. I appreciate you. And it's, it's just really heartwarming. He's, he's really the soul of that Rebel screw to me. And the other thing about droids is that they're going to, they're going to keep making them. I mean, this is, yeah. this is not something that, that they're going to be retiring because people are liking them less. This, this is, this is part of it. I mean, little, little Leia and Lola, they just like every time we have a show, there's going to be a new droid. That everybody there's loves. going to be droids. That's part of what happens. That's what, when Star Wars is Star Wars, when? <laughs> there's a droid involved. There's a droid around it, um, around the story and around the new show and all of that. So it's, it's really quite wonderful. I, I enjoy every time we get a new droid and kind of to learn about them. Um, and they, they sell like crazy. So Disney's going to keep making them because <laughs> there's so much merchandise. You can have little action figures. You can have remote controlled ones now. I mean, they're going to sell bukus of droids forever. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. And on that beautiful profit-making note. <laughs> thank you, Nick. This was fascinating. I mean, we could be talking about this forever. There's just so, so much about it, but it's, it's sort of fun. Maybe we can start a conversation with our friends and audiences. And um, yeah. if you have any comments, by all means, add them in there. And Let us know you your this favorite episode. Droid. Make sure you like it and... Don't forget to subscribe to our um, to our show so you can get notified every time we have a new episode uploaded. Yeah. And in the comments, let us know your favorite droid. I'd be curious to see. Yes. What, uh, I want to see what other people think. So I would love that. I uh, would love that. See who's the most popular. <laughs> <laughs> it better not be Chopper. It will be Chopper. <laughs> it probably will be Chopper. It probably will be Chopper. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Thank you, audience. May the force be with everyone. Goodbye. Take care.